everyone. We're thrilled that you could all join us for the Giving Tuesday sessions and so excited about our guests that we have with us today. I know many of you are familiar with St. Super and you know that we love to celebrate joy and this season we think it's so important to celebrate those who are bringing joy to others, particularly our neighbors who are um, experiencing homelessness and in home insecurity um, in their in their neighborhoods and those who are bringing um, great joy to others. And so I'm so excited to have um, Quentin Primo and the team from the Primo Center with us today, as well as um, Jordan Verdin from Humanity Showers in North San Diego and Steph Johnson, also in San Diego from Voices of Our City Choir. It's quite a fantastic lineup. Um, and we're so excited that you, our friends from around the country, are here to join us as well. So thank you so much for that. We'll be taking a deep dive into different areas every week. It's a beautiful day in Napa Valley. And quite a spectacular view there of the Dollarhide Ranch um, and just reason to celebrate a little bit joy of joy in our um, neighborhoods. Um, that's about all we're going to say about wine today, other than I chose the wine that we're going to be drinking tonight, um, our 2017 Rutherford Single Vineyard uh, Cabernet Franc, just for Quentin Primo, because I know that Quentin really loves Italian wines. And of course, um, we're here in Napa Valley, so I couldn't help him with Italian wines tonight, but I could pick something that's really beautiful, aromatically, that's uh, refined and elegant. And those are things that I always think about when we're drinking wines um, from Italy. So um, I'm gonna pour myself a little bit of this Cabernet Franc and I hope you pour yourself some or anything else, whether it's a cup of tea or a glass of wine, we're happy that you're joining us today. So let's jump over to um, Quentin Primo III. Quentin, um, you've been doing an amazing job in Chicago with your team at the Primo Center, including Christine Aker, the CEO who's with you today, and um, Shelly also, Shelly Cooper is with us. Um, from uh, the Primo Center. And Quentin, you and I have, have known each other for, for quite a while now. Um, and your father actually founded the Primo Center, which has really been helping um, families um, with homelessness and in very innovative fashion. Can Quentin, can you tell us how, um, how the Primo Center got started? Absolutely. Um, first, let me say thank you so much, Emma. Uh, and St. Supery for uh, your leadership um, of the organization, your leadership with respect to social issues um, that affect many of us um, across the country and across the world. And we take our hat off um, to that leadership. And let me also say, I'm so pleased to uh, share the camera with the two other organizations that are also doing wonderful work uh, within their communities. So uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, but to answer your question, uh, the Primo Center was originally a small um, outreach effort by an Episcopal church that was called St. Barnabas. Um, uh, St. Barnabas was a church on the west side of Chicago um, that was struggling. Uh, the neighborhood had changed significantly, and the church, its liturgy, its music really wasn't uh, serving uh, the community as, as well as it should be. 
Um, and my father became suffragan bishop of the Episcopal Diocese in 1972. And being of color, uh, he was awarded the urban portfolio of churches in the urban markets uh, since um, he uh, basically had great compassion uh, for those that uh, are underserved and under-resourced. And so he had St. Bartimus under his portfolio and uh, suggested to them that they better uh, uh, serve the community. And, and one way to do that would be to create a community center that addressed the needs of the homeless and others um, that were indigent uh, within the community. And so the St. Barnabas Urban Center was founded in 1978, and um, it, uh, it had as its original function um, uh, uh, a hot meal uh, served to anyone that came, uh, showed up at the doors of the church, uh, one, one meal a day. Um, and it also served as a food pantry, um, as well as a, a place for the homeless to receive mail. So at a very inauspicious start, the budget was easily less than $50,000 a year. A grant was given to the organization by Episcopal Charities for about $10,000. And so they set sail um, and, I, uh, and I became, I was in business school at the time and came back to Chicago and eventually got involved in the organization uh, uh, 10 years or so later. And um, sitting on the board, uh, we always stressed a theme of, a theme of how can we better serve the community in which we operate? And Philip Mantle, who was executive director at the time, uh, suggested, well, geez, you know, uh, we have done very well in serving meals, et cetera, but, you know, let's be very ambitious. Maybe we should look at uh, actually creating a homeless center that addresses homelessness uh, beyond just simply serving the homeless meals. And so we met with the, uh, the commissioner of the uh, Department of Human uh, uh, Services uh, in the city of Chicago. And um, he said, well, listen, uh, your site's wonderful. We appreciate the, the mission and the vision. He said, but we have enough shelters for men. Uh, if you want our support, uh, we'd be more than happy to provide ample support for uh, a homeless center that addresses a more difficult demographic in their minds, and that was women and children. Um, so we, of course, uh, following the money, we said, absolutely, we'll uh, create a women and children uh, center. And that, Christine, what year was that that we actually? 1996. 1996. Oh, my goodness. We, we've been doing this for a while. And so um, uh, as part of all that, Eventually, we renamed the St. Barnabas Community Center in honor of my father who died in 1998, uh, the Primo Center for Women and Children. And we, we moved from that uh, inauspicious start and very modest budget of less than 50,000 to today we have our annual budget of over $10 million a year, which uh, gives us the ability to do wonderful work uh, within the city of Chicago. Well, and I, I believe you're serving um, at least a thousand families a year, which is pretty darn significant. Right. Yeah. In fact, we are the largest provider of services for homeless families in the city of Chicago. Well, and I, I think one of the, the things that really drew me to your organization is how you're addressing the entire family and the issues that um, are a the issues that are happening to the family, to the mothers, to the children, and to the fathers now. Um, 
Can you give us a little background, Christine, on on homelessness and the the situation? I think everyone has seen um, people in their communities experiencing homelessness, but the um, there's a lot of unseen homelessness that's really sort of um, come out since COVID. We had a lot of people who were working, they're living in their cars, they're going to the gym to shower, and suddenly the gym is shut down and um, and they're not able to um, get those services that they had before. You Can you give us a, a kind of an update on that? Yeah, yeah. So um, happy to speak about this. You know, it's, 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 it's a little scary to report that numbers that we have right now are pre-COVID number. Um, so in 2019, just to give you a rough estimate in Chicago, um, more than 58,000 people were homeless. Of that, 31,000 were families with children and youth on a youth age 24. Um, so I think I really feel like our families and in, and in a certain um, extent, our youth are really the invisible homeless. You know, when you think of homelessness, you think of the person on the street under the, the viaducts, um, you know, a single male is usually what comes to mind when you think of homelessness. But in fact, you know, we have rates that are more than 50% that are really families and, and youth. Um, and, and this is a pre-COVID number. I mean, in Chicago, our um, advocacy experts are um, reporting that more than 21,000 households are at risk of be- becoming homeless um, because of the eviction moratorium, which was the federal safety net during COVID, um, has been lifted. And so we really don't know what the future is going to hold um, with the homelessness um, crisis that's happening all across the country. I mean, I think without a doubt, we've done work in L.A. County. They have made this their number one priority, social priority um, in the city pre-COVID. And it's just that the need has just gone up um, tremendously um, as we're trying to get our arms wrapped around um, controlling this this problem from the pandemic. Um, I think the one thing that, that I speak to at Primo Center, um, and I think COVID really has brought this out in everybody, is this whole idea of trauma. Trauma is really our core underpinning of everything that we do, without a doubt. And, and it's the leveler too, right? I mean, you can be a very wealthy person who experienced the loss of a loved one during COVID, which was a trauma because of how, you know, you grieve and how you go through that process um, to our um, families that experienced multiple traumas. And so, you know, at the Primo Center, um, you know, trauma really has been our the, the key point that we want to mitigate. We really want to work on making families feel whole, supporting families, supporting each other. Um, and, you know, just as it relates to trauma, 92% of uh, women have experienced some form of trauma in their lives and children as high as 83%. Um, and this is all pre-pandemic, pre-everything, social justice issues that were just completely eliminated in the last 18 months. Um you know, so it, it only increases, the need only increases. Um, but with that being said, with, with us really working on the families becoming whole, um, being able to support each other, I mean, we have placed literally through the last 
13, 14 years, thousands of families into housing um, and fewer than 5% ever return to homelessness. And it really speaks to the engagement that we provide on the front end uh, with the families. The follow-up support will provide formal support for up to 18 months after they go into housing. But in fact, many of our families are with us for, for years, you know, because we don't we don't exit them until they're ready um, and feel like they're ready um, to be exited. And so, you know, with that being said, I know we have a video of one of our, because in addition to this idea of a community and supporting these families becoming whole and families supporting each other, we have had wonderful opportunities to give our moms a career path. So we have moms that, um, went into childcare, received childcare licenses. They're, they're um, you know, working within our program. Um, we're about to uh, show a video of, of one of our moms um, who um, received some assistance from Primal Center and now is a full-time employee um, of the Primal Center. And that's something that we really, really emphasize and really believe in. And yeah, I mean, it, it really is quite remarkable. I mean, you you have four centers, you're, you're serving over a thousand people, families a year with 95% um, retaining stable housing. So that is an amazing, amazing accomplishment. And we're, we're really excited about that. But you're also, you know, you're addressing multiple issues for them. And I, I think it would be great to have, um, Ryan, if you can run the testimony of um, one of your clients there at the Primo Center, that would be wonderful. Jaquavia and her four kids came to Primo Center after they lost everything in an apartment fire. You don't hear too many good things about shelters. So when I arrived, I still was kind of skeptical. But when I got actually got in and found out that it was only other mothers like me who got into a bad situation or fell on hard times and just needed somewhere to be safe with their kids, it, it made me feel a It just gave us that dedicated time that we knew this time out the week was the time, no matter what was going on, for us to spend time with each other. They were able to help me with my kids like how to talk it out, how to get them to express their feelings. She joined the staff at Primo Center and was recently promoted to daycare teacher. I'm also gonna be taking classes to get my um, child psychology. It directed me like I always have wanted to work with kids. I just never knew of how I wanted to work with them. With Primo right now, I'm able to do it. There's so many other partnerships that you also have at the, the Primo Center that um, are quite wonderful, including the Harmony, Hope and Healing and um, the Inglewood Kitchen. And Shelly, do you want to tell us a little bit about those partnerships and, and how you're addressing, um, you know, a lot of different needs through those? Thank you. Yes. Um, as Christine mentioned, what we do at the Primo Center is address the traumas, you know, that our families have faced in addition, you know, to being homeless. And um, we've had a long-standing partnership with Harmony Hope and Healing through their music program um, that they provide to our families, um, our younger, our zero to five, and um, their parents. Um, and we know that music in and of itself is very uplifting and healing and provides 
uh, means, um, you know, for our families to learn how to express themselves, uh, to, you know, release certain emotions that they may have and provide them um, an outlet and also some inspiration um, and just, to, you know, to touch their hearts, um, you know, while they are with us. So um, we're very happy to be able to offer um, that to the families when they're with us. And during COVID, um, we found a way to provide that virtually. Um, and, um, you know, it really is very uplifting and joyful. And that's the environment um, of the Primo Center. We are, we create a very positive, therapeutic um, place for healing. And um, Harmony Hope and Healing, you know, just addresses that. Uh, in terms of all of the, the additional programming and support, we're very rich in the services that we, we are able to provide and very proud um, to be able to offer um, our families and the community nutrition and wellness um, opportunities, classes, hands-on, um, as well as demonstration um, and be a resource to the community um, as a whole and to the families that reside, you know, with us. <clears throat> There's another um, partnership that we're very proud of. It's called the Birthday Party Project. Um, and because you're homeless, you does not mean that you don't want your family to experience, you know, all of the life events, um, birthdays, graduations, um, you know, just any type of, of milestones. And we, we are, you know, we hold to that. Every family is a family unto themselves. And um, we want to make sure that they're not missing out because they're spending time at the Primo Center. We are their home um, when they're with us. The birthday party project, they come in, um, or prior to COVID, they still have found a way um, to make sure that every, every child is celebrated and um, the entire organization joins in the celebration. Um, each, each celebrant receives a gift um, and their own individual cake. Uh, so it's just, you know, I'm just highlighting, you know, some of the, um, you know, very joyful, uplifting and healing um, opportunities that we have in addition to our um, services, you know, that we provide uh, our, what we, you know, we call wraparound um, services for our families to make sure they're housed and, and able to maintain their housing. Fantastic. That, you know, it's just so wonderful to hear um, when we bring some normalcy to people's lives and treat them as human beings. It gives them um, joy in their hearts and um, an inspiration to move forward and to be able to to lift themselves up a little bit, too, when we recognize the individual and their contribution by celebrating their joy with them. And and one of the things that um, we do encourage those who are listening is to to make a donation to the Primo Center and and note that you um, heard about them through St. Supery, the the first 10 people who uh, donate $500 or more can join us for a lunch on June 10th. And what a perfect holiday gift uh, to your family, your friend to say you're coming to Napa to celebrate all of these mm -hmm. wonderful organizations and all they're doing for our friends and neighbors around the country. It's Thank really, um, it's really 
quite impressive. And um, we hope that uh, you you join us at the winery. Um, you check out our Everyday Hero exhibit online or at the winery celebrating people like yourselves who are just out there, who show up, who do good things for other people. Um, because frankly, if COVID has taught us nothing, it hopefully has taught us to recognize the joy that we have in each other and caring for each other and, and being good to each other. So I... Um, I thank you for that. And I, I thank you all for um, the good work that you do. Quentin, Jordan, Steph, you're amazing. And we're so grateful um, for all that you're doing for our neighbors. Mm -hmm.